Welcome to the One Church Podcast. We're glad you could join us today for another epic message of grace. If you enjoyed today's word, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. It helps others like you find our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram by following us at OneChurchVB or join the discussion on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash OneChurchVB. For more information about One Church, go to OneChurchVB.com. Now, for today's epic message of grace. Here at One Church, we believe your tithes should belong in your home church. If you feel led to give, tithes and offerings can be contributed online through the Venmo app, available both on Apple and Google. Just search for One Church VB to find us today. You are now about to experience a Wally Odom original. Please enjoy. Good evening, One Church. It's good to be with you and and trust that you've had a good week or that a good week is coming. And uh, we have all kinds of pressure and all kinds of ways. There's probably not a person watching this or hearing this that hasn't been under pressure at some point or other. The good news is the grace of Jesus is available and uh, we can walk in that. I remember, I remember the this, this spring when I felt like God spoke to me. I know he did to uh, study Colossians. I, I've never had God quite speak to me that way before. I've studied a lot of the Bible. I've preached from a lot of books. But it was, it was the one spring God said to me, I wanted, some, I wanted to focus my study. And I felt like I was praying and it was like God said, I want you to focus on Colossians. And the reason for that was Colossians is Paul's best book on Jesus, on who Jesus is. And so uh, out of that, uh, really a year spent where I think I read Colossians almost every day for a year, the whole book, because it's a short book, four chapters. And I remember coming out with such an understanding, increased understanding, not completely, of course, but more of an understanding of Jesus as the greatest of all time than I ever had before. And so what I want to do is talk about Colossians chapter 1, verses 24 to 29. And uh, the, the emphasis on, in, in these verses, the emphasis is ministry. And so everything I have to say today is going to be about ministry. And I know you grew up like I did and, and most people have done. The ministry is like a full-time job. Somebody's paid to pray for you and somebody's paid to, paid to teach you and somebody's paid to do uh, church work. And uh, the truth is everybody's a minister <clears throat> and that really is important. I don't just say that. That's true. In Acts, in Acts when uh, the, the apostles got together and said, we need seven deacons, this is what they said literally in a, a literal application of Greek language. They said to them, we're going we're to deacon, we're going to serve fasting and prayer and teaching the word and you deacon the tables and take care of people that are hungry. All of us are deacons. If you're a teacher, you're a deacon. If you're a pastor, you're a deacon. And if you serve anybody, you're a deacon. And so the whole concept of ministry, I got a lot of my theology out of peanuts. Uh, Charles, Charles, Charles Schultz wrote about a guy that I relate to so much, especially in, the, in my youth, I've related to Charlie Brown. So Lucy's the smart one. She's always coming to Charlie and she's always saying something profound and he never gets it. 
And so she comes to Charlie and she's got a profound thing to say. She says, she says, Charlie Brown, we're put here to serve other people. <clears throat> and Charlie has the typical Charlie Brown response. Well, what are the others put here for? And I thought sometimes the same thing. If I'm here to serve others, uh, how about the others? Aren't they supposed to return the favor? If you're a Christian, your only responsibility, and there are good things that'll come your way, God will serve you himself. But the one thing we're called to do is serve other people. So let me read chapter one, verses 24 to 29 of, of the good news is for everybody out of Jesus, the greatest of all time. Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of, his, of this ministry, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy. Have you ever struggled in your own energy? You can exha exhaust yourself in no time. So I reckon if you're struggling in ministry, struggle in his energy, which so powerfully works in, works in me. This is, a, this is an important thing about ministry. All of us are called to do it. And so I'm not just talking to pastors. I'm not just talking to professional Christians. I'm talking to all of us. I'm talking to everybody that loves Jesus. You're a minister. And let me define ministry as Paul defines it here. Ministry is simply continuing what Jesus started. Uh, there's a phrase here that can really be misunderstood. I rejoice in what was suffered for you and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. Number one, there's nothing lacking when it comes to my salvation as far as the sufferings of Christ. He did everything for me. The word, the word that's used in the Greek language is, is pascha, which means passion, the passion of Christ. And it's, a, and it's simply a word that's used for his passion, the cross and the resurrection. And it's those, that weekend of, of trauma with which he paid the price for our sins and rose again for our justification. And so what can be confusing, Paul says, I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking. Well, what is lacking isn't the salvation that God did for us. It's not the passion of Christ. What's lacking is affliction. Affliction is a Greek word that's never used of Jesus' suffering. It's used of our suffering. It's used of what we go through. It's used of our hard times. It's used of our difficulties, but it's never used of the Lord's suffering. And what Paul's saying is, we've been called to complete what Jesus began. He began it. There's no other foundation. Nothing, nothing else will get you started on this faith life outside Jesus and what he's done for you. But there are people who come along who help you and who help perfect you and who work for you. And sometimes that involves affliction. Read 2 Corinthians 11, where Paul talks about his, his afflictions. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned. He was beaten with rods. He was beaten with whips. He was starved. He, he had all kinds of affliction. It was for that for our salvation. No, Jesus did that completely. But the message that brought us salvation had to get to us. 
Paul had to write Colossians in order to write Colossians. He suffered in order to write Philippians. He went to a Roman jail. And so what Paul does, he suffers. He said, I have suffered affliction because I'm trying to complete what Jesus began. And I'm trying to bring the good news. He gave us the good news. He gave us the good news. Now I'm proclaiming it and I'm reaching out to everybody so they can know what it is to, to find the grace of God and to love Jesus. And so in that sense, in that sense, we're just completing what Jesus started. And we're, we're starting to do something that he began. Gordon Maxwell was a missionary to India. When he first went to India, he wanted to learn the language. One of the first things I guess you have to do is get familiar with the local language because you're going to preach and talk in that language. And so he wanted, he wanted, to, learn, he, he wanted to learn Hindi. And so, and so he went to India and he went to a, a scholar who was a Hindu, but also was a scholar in, in the Indian language. And so he went to him and he said, he said, I'm Gordon Maxwell, I'm a Christian, and the, the Indian teacher had, had gotten to know him. He said, I need to learn your language, and so I want to hire you to come with me, live in my house, and teach me the language. And the guy said to him, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. And, and, and Gordon said, why? He said, I don't want to be a Christian. I'm a Hindu. I don't want to become a Christian. And Gordon Maxwell said, I'm not asking you to become a Christian. I'm just asking you to teach me the language. And you can do that without being a Christian. And the Indian teacher said to him, sir, nobody could live with you without becoming a Christian. That's the power of who we are and what we have to offer people. There's a power with us. But why? Because we're carrying on what Jesus began. We're just taking another step. He died for everybody. He died so that everyone could find salvation. His grace was for all of us. His goodness wants to be manifest in every one of us. But some people don't know that. Some people don't believe that. And so what's our job? Every one of us as ministers, our job is to complete what Jesus started. Will there be suffering? Yeah. Will you get tired? Yeah. Will there be sleepless nights? Probably. Will there be times when your heart aches? Without question. Will there be times when you go through stuff that you wouldn't if you weren't carrying the witness of Jesus? Yes, absolutely that's true. But that's what we've been called to do. And we, like Paul, have been called to carry on and to fill up the affliction that's necessary to get the gospel to the world. I'm thinking of, of William Tyndale. All he did was translate the Bible so the common people could read it. And they strangled him at the stake and then burned his body. Why? Just for translating the Bible. Do you realize that we have an English Bible to read and I can read from the NIV because there's been a long string of people that have given their lives and their hearts to testifying about Christ by translating the scripture that we can now read. And so it's absolutely amazing what God's done through people. My mom and dad, I'm sure that they went through a lot of things that they could have done better at and had more money at and retired more comfortably with. But they're in heaven today because somehow they were willing to suffer the affliction that brought me into, into my faith. And there's nothing that I experienced in God that doesn't come through the hands of my mother and my father. And other people, my Bible college teachers, none of them were getting rich teaching at Bible college, but two of them taught me to love the Bible and absolutely transformed my life. My Greek teacher and the guy that taught so much in the New Testament preaching. And so I, I'm, I'm blessed because other people have done that. And so ministry is simply commit, com communicating and continuing what Jesus started. The other thing that he does is 
It introduces Jesus to the people. It's not, it's not that challenging, folks. It's not that hard. Ministry is introducing people to Jesus. That's what we're doing. This isn't about me. This isn't me going around saying, boy, you need to meet me. You need to meet Wally. You need to hear Wally's story. You need to know the stuff Wally's done. I'll tell you what Wally's done. Wally's believed in Jesus and every blessing I've ever experienced came because of that. You know what the message of that ministry is? so simple. This isn't rocket science, folks. This is simple. It says, Christ, this is Paul's message. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Everybody wants hope. Everybody would like to find glory someday. There are people who are killing themselves to get rich. There are people who walk on everybody they can walk on to get to the top in business structure. There are people that are doing everything to find glory. They work out to get glory. They make money to get glory. And you know what Paul says? I've got good news for you. Christ in you, that's the hope of glory. You want glory in your life? Let Christ dwell in you because there's hope in that. And hope is always in the Old Testament and the New Whatever language those are, are, are written in, the Old Testament always in the New refers to hope as the expectation of something good. Things might be bad right now. You might be going through a, a crisis. But I promise you, if Christ is in you, you have a confident expectation that before this, this chapter is final, finally written and before all the dust is settled, you're going to find glory. That's the promise. And so... And so all we're doing is letting Christ shine through us. All we're doing is, is talking about Jesus. I love the expression at the very, in, in the first passage that I read, I love that expression where it says, it says, to this, to this end I labor, what? I proclaim him. We proclaim him. That's the message. We proclaim Jesus. One of the missionaries to India, when he went there, I think it was East Stanley Jones, when he went there, he was talking to a Hindu and the Hindu said to him, having read some of the New Testament, he said, don't spend all your time trying to combat Hinduism. He said, talk about Jesus, present Jesus, because he himself will appeal. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men to me. We don't have to make stuff up. You don't even have to be a theologian. Knowing something helps, but you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to know all the books in the Old Testament. You don't even have to know what the four Gospels are. All you have to do is proclaim Jesus and take people to what the Bible says about him and take people through one of the Gospels, what Jesus says about himself. All you have to do is proclaim him. So we, we proclaim him. And so Jesus ministering is introducing people to Jesus and it's the revelation of a ministry, of a mystery that was once hidden, but now it's made clear. And, and here's the bottom line. I, I love this. I've, I've got to read part of this passage. I've got to read it in the New American Standard. Ministry is helping other people go, grow. And, and this is what Paul said in the uh, New, New International or New American Standard Version. We proclaim him, admonishing every man, and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. Hear that? Three times in the NAS, in that passage, three times the goal of ministry is every man. And that's important because Colossians had a theology and a teaching that was running rampant that said only, only a few people are going to be mature. Only a few people have the secret. And, and if you learn our secret our secrets and you do, you do our thing and, and you go our, our way and follow us, you'll be one of the few. Paul refutes, refutes that elsewhere. He refutes that here. He says, 
we proclaim him admonishing every man, teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. The gospel is for every man. We tend to grade people, don't we? We grade believers. There's a really high power believer that is like a saint. And even the Catholic church calls them saints. They've done miracles and stuff. And then there's a guy across the street who was an alcoholic, gets saved and uh, about five years a Christian, then he dies and he's ranked way down lower. And, and then there's the pastor of the church if he's a good guy. And, and then there's a person just got saved last week. We tend to rank all that stuff up. You know what? There's only two classes of people in the world, people who believe in Jesus and people who don't. There are saints and there's sinners. And if you're not a sinner, folks, you're a saint because there's no second class Christian. There's no unbeliever that has just barely made it through the door. Everybody who believes in Jesus can be mature. Everybody who believes in Jesus can be taught. Everybody who believes in Jesus can grow to full maturity. Why? Because Paul said this gospel isn't for the elite few in Colossians. In Colossae, this gospel is for every man, every man, every man, and every woman, I might add. The truth is God wants every one of us to grow. Every one of us can. And all of that is because, so what's my part in this ministry of reaching other people and helping them grow? My part, I labor. That means you work, the Greek word means you work to the point of weariness. I struggle. That's the Greek word for wrestling. Ever feel like ministry is wrestling? Yeah, sometimes, man. You wrestle, you struggle, you get tired, you can't sleep easily because you're so tired. That's my part. You know what God's part is? His energy, His strength, His power. So yeah, we get tired, but our energy isn't coming from our own effort. Our energy is coming from God. And, uh, and, and I love that. I love the fact that when I am tired, he's not. When I get weary, he's not. He exchanges my weakness with his strength. And we can do what? Help other people grow up. We're helping each other to maturity. There are people in my life that are helping me grow, helping me mature, helping me to grow up. I thank God for them. There are people in my life that I hope I'm doing some help for them, helping them grow up because that's the goal. Everyone is in ministry doing what Jesus started, telling people about Jesus and then helping them get bigger and get better. I, uh, I love the idea of Jesus as our energy. I've, uh, I've not done a lot of uh, construction work, but I do know the difference between, uh, between a drill because you, you, you get a drill and you're trying to drill a piece of wood and you're cranking it around and, or turn it into your hand. Uh, it, can really, it can really be difficult. But you get a, a, a power drill. I can run a power drill, folks. You just push the button. You plug it in, or if it's even battery now, you just push the right button. You just start it. Now, it goes right through something. What would have given you a lot of, of headaches and a lot of sore hand? What would have caused you a lot of trouble? You put on a power drill, it goes right into it. You're still drilling, you're still making the hole, but it's different if you've got the power doing it for you. And I just promise you, God does this for us. His power, if you haven't plugged into the power of the Holy Spirit, do it. It'll transform your life. It'll transform your ministry, ministry because God's power is available to every one of us. So here's ministry. We're all doing it. We're all in the ministry. And it's to do what Jesus did, keep that going. It's to tell people about him and it's to help other people grow up. 
And you do that by working hard, getting tired. You do that, you, you do that by, by doing everything you can to, to impact other people's lives and struggling and wrestling with it sometimes. And all of that is by His energy. So I wanna pray for all of you as fellow ministers. I'm a minister, I'm happy to be one. God's changed my life, I wanna help other people. And to everyone else who's watching, you're a minister too. So God, we are the ministry. We're your plan A. You are the one, Lord, who called us, who changed us. And now we wanna do everything we can, whatever it takes to touch other people for you and to help them experience your grace and your love. And we can do it with your energy, with your power. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for another epic message of grace. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen so others can find us too. We'll be back next week with another incredible message. Until then, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at OneChurchVB or find out more information about One Church at OneChurchVB.com. Have a great week.